Catherine. Uh, folks, if you've been with us, you'll know that we've been uh, preaching through Philippians uh, the last few weeks in the life of our church. Whenever I preached the passage which Catherine's just read, I didn't take an awful lot of time with the poem, part of it. I spent most of my time looking at the, the verses that come at the start of the chapter, Paul's, uh, Paul's pleading with the guys in Philippi to, to leave, live humble lives, to honor each other before themselves. Um, and, and I really only pointed to the poem in passing. But it, it's too good a poem just to, to leave there. Um, and I thought today, just as we prepare to come to the Lord's table, just a few moments, we'd have a look at uh, one particular aspect of this poem. Paul tells us, verse 8, that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Just want you to notice the therefore. That's all. Paul makes a connection between Jesus' death and God raising him up, exalting him, and promoting him. Paul seems to be saying it's because Jesus died that God promoted him. So the suffering of Jesus didn't just happen and then as an afterthought God promoted him. It's as though the cross is the price that had to be paid and the crown that he had is the prize that Jesus won. Jesus died in order to have that prize. Paul's not alone in in taking that view of things. So if you you read Hebrews chapter 2 there, verse 9, the writer says that Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, is now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So it's this because he died, and because he died, he gets the glory. If that's true, if Paul's got that right, if the writer to the Hebrews has got that right, I think it raises a a big question about Jesus' death. Because I'd always been told that the reason Jesus died was because he loved me, and he wanted to forgive my sins. But now there's another cause being introduced Jesus died so that he could be promoted, exalted, raised up. So the question is, was Jesus' death out of love for me? Or was it so that he could be promoted? Which is it? It's a good question. And it's one that has a a biblical answer. To work out whether Jesus was loving knowing that when he went to the cross that there was glory to come after it. Jesus knew that. And I'm trying to work out, does that make his going to the cross any less loving? To to work this out, we need to work out what real love is. John Piper makes a point. He says that most of us have grown up thinking that being loved means being made much of. If I love you, I make much of you. I help you to feel good about yourself. Our whole world, says Piper, is built on this assumption. It's as though a sight of ourselves, and the more we see of ourselves, 
the more we'll have joy. That's what we often assume, and that's how we often behave and live, but I wonder if even in our heart now, we we know deep down that it's not true. You don't need to be a Christian or have an interest in the Bible to know that the best moments in life are often the moments of of self-forgetfulness. They aren't the moments when I'm all, all about me, but they're the moments when something takes me out of myself and I see a sign of something better. The best moments in my life aren't, as far as I can remember or recall, the moments when the spotlight fell on me and somebody was trying to make a big deal of me. They're the moments when the spotlight fell on, on somebody or something else beyond me. Like when I stood in front of a church 18 years ago, and the most beautiful woman in the world said, I do. That, that is one of, that is a happy, happy moment. Or the three times in years subsequent where I made the short journey from our house to the Ulster Hospital to go and meet one of my new kids. That's not me at all. I'm just there and there they are. It's like when you stand on the top of a mountain and you look around you and what you see, the the amount of beauty and the, the scale of it and the scope of it just makes your heart feel small because you can't take it in. It's too beautiful. Or it's like one of those those occasions where you just have a good few hours crack with some friends and like Van Morrison, you wish it could be like this all the time. It stirs something in you and you think, flip, this, this is what it's all about. And it's not me. It's a given thing. It's something beyond me. Folks, this is what we were made for. A life not focused on ourselves, but a life beyond us. Heaven won't be a, an endless Facebook wall with all your best selfies and you stand looking at it for eternity. Praise God. That's not it. Heaven will be all about the beauty of a a person, but it it won't be me or you. It'll be Jesus. Folks, if that's all true, if, if joy, the deepest kinds of joy are found beyond us if, if they're, they're given, if they're God given then what would be the most loving thing that Jesus Christ could do? How would he work for our greatest joy? It wouldn't be by making much of us, it wouldn't be by coming alongside me and saying Christoph, do you know what life really is all about you You get to spend the rest of your living life and the rest of eternity focusing on you. I mean, what what a nightmare. He doesn't say that. What he does instead is he says, I'm going to satisfy you with the greatest thing of all. I'm going to give you the thing that brings most joy. I'm going to give you myself. That's what he prayed. Jesus prayed 
in John chapter 17, verse 24. He said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory. You see, the best thing that Jesus can give us is himself. The best thing we can see in life is more of him, more of his glory. So that's why he prays, Father, show them my glory. Because that is the thing that will finally fulfill them and bring them joy. So folks, back to our question, and I'm, I'm finishing. When Jesus died, did he die because he loved us? Or did he die for his own glory? It's both, isn't it? It's because he loves us. It's because he loves us best that he knows he needs to show us his glory. You see, Jesus Christ wants you and me to experience this thing we've been talking about today, this joy of the whole earth. But he's not going to put anything in front of you to distract you from the place where you'll find it. And that's in him. Folks, we're going to move to our communion celebration just now. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. This is the table of the Lord. And he invites all who love him to sit with him and to share in this joyful feast. All who confess Jesus Christ as Lord, from whatever branch of the church you come, are welcome in his house and at his table. I've said this before many times. If you're in Christ, you're welcome to come to this table. It doesn't matter if you're a Kirkpatrick person or a Presbyterian. If you're in Christ, come and enjoy this, uh, this feast. If you're not, if you have any hesitation that, that you haven't yet found Jesus that you haven't yet entered into that relationship with him and, and you feel hesitant, take the time to, to think about that, about this invitation that Jesus offers us to come to him to find the fullest life and the greatest joy. We're going to take a moment just now to do something that we've done in a few of our communion services recently, and that is to, to, speak, uh, to recite a creed. Um, Maybe, you, maybe you've got the idea that our culture is, is less committed to some of the truths about God which we maybe always held and agreed. But we want to, to speak this creed together to remind ourselves and to declare some of these basic things that we believe with, with all Christians throughout the ages. So we're going to say the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the words are here on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his own Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
On the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. As the Lord Jesus took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart for this holy use. As he gave thanks, let us offer God our thanksgiving and praise. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your unending love for us. Jesus, we thank you for your willingness to come to give your life as a sacrifice for us, to win our forgiveness, but also to be glorified and to become the object of our deepest and greatest joy. Father God, we pray that you would be with us here. Jesus, we remember you. Spirit, we do this in your presence. We pray that you'd be with us this next few moments. Amen.